0: it is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message.
1: Thank you for joining us this morning. This morning uh, never happened before the last 14 and a half years that we're serving in this church. We walked, I walked into my office and our office had uh, some flowers and some balloons and some card there as an appreciation to both of us. And we were like, uh, we were like uh, blown over. Uh, thank you, the class 10th of 10th grade of this uh, of Metro Church and the teachers, uh, Sister Anita Isaac and John C., and your students in 10th grade for your thoughtfulness in doing that, and we really appreciate. Sometimes when you get discouraged in life, these are those moments that can again reiterate to you that what you are doing, you're making an impact for all of kingdom or all of eternity. So we thank God for this blessed opportunity. I see Sheba Johnson, after have a long time. I just want to give a shout out to her. You know, she was nominated as a teacher of the year in Frisco District. That's a great accomplishment, guys. <laughs> Amen. That's indeed great. God bless, God bless her. And we just want to give a shout out to all the teachers who are teaching in various school districts in, in, from church. They all are doing an amazing job. The last year and a half has been really tough on them, being online, being in person, but they nonetheless did it we thank God for all of them. So if you want to be a teacher, some of the young people maybe are still thinking what I want to be. And that's a great, great profession to be in because you can definitely make a mark for those who are in schools and colleges. Church, um, we are in the last day or maybe the, I won't say this is the final and the ultimate because you maybe we can come back to Joel. How many of you were blessed by the book of Joel in the last four weeks? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. From, from the message of repentance, return, renewal, revival. You know, the theme of Joel, the book of Joel is, the grand theme of this book is that the day of the Lord. Chapter 1, verse 15, he talks about the day of the Lord is near. Chapter 2, verse 1, Joel reminds us that the day of the Lord is near. Chapter 3, verse 14, he again reminds the day of the Lord is near. Joel has so much to talk about the day of the Lord. God of those days, uh, growing up in, in Pentecostalism of those who know, back in the back in those days in India, one of the words that we often have heard, you know, in in, in open air meetings would be Malachi, chapter four, was one and two. How many of you have heard that? <laughs> many of you have heard that. And then the church would declare those who are standing in that in that in that wayside will declare Jesus Christ, Amen, Hallelujah, He is a Savior. Amen. Jesus Christ is Savior. He heals all the sickness, He gives the Holy Spirit, and He will be coming soon. That was a church. In the last 40, 50 years, we have heard that message over and over to remind us about the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Church, this morning, this topic is too vast for me to just cover in 20 minutes. That's all what my service producers give me on every Sunday. They're very tight about time. So, and sometimes i see it goes in the minus red so that means i'm um, i'm just getting started uh, so the day of the lord is a grand theme actually it's a big theme which cannot be covered in in one's uh, one sermon a few weeks ago like in the you know friday prayer we had the opportunity to cover a bit uh, when we were doing the book of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, because there Paul talks about the day of the Lord. But one thing, you know, that uh, when we look at the, the day of the Lord, we need to understand there must be an interpretive lens for us to see when did the people of Israel got this whole idea of the day of the Lord? Because you find this more and more repeated in the Old Testament. Uh, where did they get this idea from? So the the interpretative lens that we find about the day of the Lord, you must come with me to the book of Exodus chapter 12. Exodus. Because that's where they got the whole idea of the day of the Lord. You understand the, the background of Exodus chapter 12. The people are in Egypt as slaves. They are having a hard time. Their babies are thrown in the river Nile. They do not have freedom to work. They are not being paid their wages. So much of chaos and so much of difficulties. So, whenever we think about the day of the Lord, don't just think it in terms of a 24 hour day. It is like a series of events that will happen that will usher in the day of the Lord. So chapter 12 is what gives you and me the understanding of the day of the Lord. Because there, as you come to chapter 12, you begin to see how the Lord said, this month shall be a special month for you. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. You can continue to read this entire chapter at your leisure. The Passover was established as a statue for the people of Israel. The 10th day of the month of Abib was set aside as the day of the Lord. You know what? What was happening that day? The angel of the Lord will pass over your houses. And every doorpost and every lentils where there is blood of the lamb, the angel of the Lord will spare that and the angel of the Lord will cross over. But for those who have been opposing you, but for those who have been persecuting you, but for those who told that your children must be put in the river Nile, for them it will be a day of great pain and agony and cry because their children are going to die. Their firstborns are going to die. Whereas for you it will be a day of liberation, a day of joy and that will night because the lord was waiting over his people the people had a deliverance you know the story chapter 12 that very night pharaoh woke up from his sleep and he said call me moses and aaron take your people take your all your belongings take all your cattle don't don't leave here don't leave here anything just go just go from that moment onwards, it got etched in the mindset of the people of Israel. That a day that God began to celebrate liberation for his people, there was always etched in their memory that God would one day come and rescue his people. God will one day come and rescue his people. Hallelujah. This got etched in their life. So whenever the prophets are speaking about the day of the Lord, when you read throughout the Old Testament, especially in the prophets, I do not have time, but I will just share some of the references if you can write it down. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6 to 11. Isaiah talks about the day of the Lord zephaniah talks about the day of the lord zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7 and 14 to 18 he talks about the day of the lord anytime when you see these references the day of the lord always god is coming to punish wickedness and sin in this world and he will set at liberty his people so the old testament paints this picture a day of doom darkness and destruction for the for, for sin and evildoers in this world. But at the same time, it will be a day of blessing. It will be a day that will usher in, I mean, the, the messianic rule. It will usher in the, the golden age for the people of Israel. Joel also paints a something, a similar picture for us. You know, when you come to the book of Joel chapter 3, he paints, you know, the entire book of Joel, if you, can, if, you, if you want to read the entire book of Joel, you can read it within the, uh, within the lens of the day of the Lord. But I, I won't take time because he sees the day of the Lord as something like this. In retrospect, chapter 1, was 1 to 20, he looks, at, he, he looks back at the day of the Lord as a past day of locust and the past day of drought. Chapter 1, was 1 to 20. Chapter 2 verse 1 to chapter 3 verse 21. It is the day of the Lord in prospect. What is, what will happen in the future? What will happen in the future? So the day of the Lord is something that has happened in the past. But at the same time, day of the Lord is something that he anticipates that will happen in the future. The imminent day of the Lord. Chapter 2 verses 1 to 27. The imminent day of the Lord. And chapter, chapter 2 verse 28 to 3 verse 31 the ultimate day of the Lord. The ultimate day. So if you look at the entire prophecy of Joel, you can see that he has covered entire prophecy. And you can look at it from this angle. He's so much given over to the day of the Lord. But one of the important questions that Joel leads leaves us with, his, with, his, with us is this. Joel chapter 2 verse 11. What does he say there? Joel chapter 2 verse 11. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? That's a sobering question that Joel asks his readers. The day of the Lord will be, who can endure it? Who can stand? the day of the account being settled who can stand who can stand before God and say I am righteous I am holy I can stand before God who can endure it who can endure the pain and the agony of the day of the Lord chapter 3 when he comes to chapter 3 this is what he says if you read chapter 3 you know you can divide the chapter 3 verses 1 to 8 as a as, as decision making from God Nations are not making the decisions, but God is the one who makes the decision in the valley of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the name itself means Shafat means judgment. Jehovah means Yahweh is my judge. The Lord God makes the judgment. He makes the judgment. And why he's making the judgment? Because on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel because they have scattered them among the nations number one they have divided up my land number two and they have cast lots for my people number three number four they have traded a boy for a prostitute and they have sold a girl for wine and have drunk it in a nationalistic understanding in a Zionistic understanding we may tend to see that this is so concerning so much concerning about the people of Israel but when we think about in terms of the entire world god is saying i am upset with what is happening in the world around today when we see young boys and girls being sold into poverty and into prostitution our heart should our heart should bleed because god is not liking that it is totally against the holy character and nature of god and god is says i will i will draw people into judgment i'll draw people into judgment but that is not only the decision But then verse 8 onwards, when you read, there is the utter destruction. Verse 9 onwards, we read about the utter destruction. Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. There is going to be a holy war. And many times when you go to Israel, when when they take you to the Mount of Transfiguration, from the Mount of Transfiguration, they will ask you to look down the valley of Jezreel. And they will say, this is a valley of the valley of Jehoshaphat where the great battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. The great battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. You can compare it with Revelation chapter 14. Too much of materials, guys. You know, in, uh, you know uh, in Revelation chapter 14 also. Put in the sickle. The angels are being sold. Put in the sickle. Reap a great harvest. And you read the passage from 9 onwards. You get the same idea. Put in the sickle. For the harvest is ripe. Go in. tread, For the winepress is full. The waters are overflowing. For the evil is great. And people, God is saying, I will bring destruction because the wrath of God. Has become so huge. But the irony is this sometimes when we think, when we read you know, Revelation chapter 14, the wrath of the Lamb of God shall come upon them. The wrath of the Lamb. Isn't that a paradox? You're talking about not the wrath of the Lion of Judah, you're talking about the wrath of the Lamb of God. Because why? The Lamb of God was slain from before the foundations of the world. And people refuse to believe in him. People refuse to understand and acknowledge him as Lord and God. But a day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Hallelujah. People will be crying out, save us from the wrath of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then Joel doesn't end there in chapter 3, verse, verse 16 onwards. Joel says, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this destruction, remember something very beautifully. And that's what he says. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. Amen. There will be utter destruction everywhere. There will be pain everywhere. Misery everywhere. Hallelujah. But in the midst of that, you don't need a new revelation. You just need to believe in the old revelation that has been given to you. Because that old revelation still holds true even in the midst of trials and tribulations. That the Lord God is a refuge and a stronghold for his people. This morning, church, can I remind you, hallelujah? We don't need a new revelational truth from the scripture, but the truths that have been told us from the old that God, God is concerned for his people that is the same truth that you and i need to hold on and we need to say yes my god is my refuge and my strength hallelujah a present and a very present help in times of trouble and the lord says when i will be in their midst i will be in their midst verse 17 onwards when you read again and again when you verse 17 says so you shall know that i am the lord your god who dwells in zion my holy mountain and jerusalem shall be holy and strangers shall never again pass through it and in that day, the mountain shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. What is God trying to say here? Hallelujah. God is saying, I will be their deliverance. I will be their deliverance because they shall see that my presence shall go before them, and I will be their deliverance. And when their God becomes our deliverance, when God is in the midst of his people, you know what? There is holiness. There is holiness because the day of the Lord will reveal to us the majesty of His holiness. There will be holiness, and then there will be satisfaction. There will be satisfaction, and not only that, it says, Hallelujah, verse 19 onwards, there will be a difference that God's people will be set aside. God is in the midst of His people. Judah shall be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem to all generations. Hallelujah. The Lord dwells in Zion. How many times you should read in this, in chapter three, that the, the prophet keeps on telling this: God dwells among His people. God dwells among His people. So the day of the Lord definitely meant so much to Prophet Joel because he says, guys. This is, this is moment for us people of God. This is moment for us to wake up. Wake up and be warned. That who can endure this day of the Lord. It may, be, it may be mayhem for some people. It may be fire and brimstone for some people. But for us we know that God, Lord will be our refuge and our stronghold. Come to New Testament. There is a spin that happened to the day of the Lord. It's a spin that happened to the day of the Lord. If you read First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 10. And if you read second peter chapter 3 verse 10 to 14 both these passages first thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 10 and 2nd peter chapter 3 was 10 to 14 both paul and peter the two stalwarts the two towering figures in the new testament who have given us so much of books they both say they both add to the day of the lord the coming of jesus christ his coming will be like a thief in the night the day of the lord what does he say 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Paul says, now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come. You know, when we are thinking about right now, many times when we pray, we pray for peace and we are praying for security and safety, for all those things, isn't it? When... We are thinking that peace and security and everything is there, suddenly the day of the Lord will come. But you know, I love the way that Paul tries to say, it. sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But then Paul says, But you are not in darkness, brothers. The church is not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief if we will not be surprised by the day why you are the children of light children of the day we are not of the night of the darkness so then let us not sleep as others do but let us keep awake and be sober so what does the day of the Lord teach us to be awake and to be sober to be awake and sober if Joel is saying who can endure it who can withstand it Paul is saying, let's be sober. Let's be ready. Let's be awake. Because the day of the Lord is coming. Hallelujah. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. So whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. No wonder why the early church would always say, Maranatha, when they met together. Why? Church? How many, when was the last time we said to one another, Maranatha? Eh? Why? Sometimes we fail to understand that he is coming also. We are so caught up in our own world, in our own works, in our own hallelujah professions, in our own callings, sometimes we fail to see that he is coming. He's almost at the door. Amen. But when every time the early church would say to one another, Maranatha, they believe that the imminent coming of the Lord is at hand. He's about to come anytime. time. Peter would remind us the same thing. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 to 14, he would say the same thing. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief when the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Things are going to happen in the atmosphere. Things are going to happen in the celestial bodies. Things are going to happen for sun and the moon and the stars. Peter says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolve and heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promises, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. When we think about the day of the Lord, We should start living more holy life we should start living more godly life the day of the Lord is a wake-up call for us it's a wake-up call for us that we will rise up to be who we are we will lead a holy life and a life that is pleasing to God but the day of the Lord is also a warmth for us why because we know that Jesus is going to come soon Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 reminds us we await We await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall come from heaven. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we await our Savior who will come and who will change our lowly bodies into his glorious body. He will be coming soon. So, church, when we think about the day of the Lord, number one, it must fill us with, with warning. It must also fill us, it will give us a desire to wake up, but it should also fill us up with warmth. Why? My toil on this earth will be over. My pain will be gone. Hallelujah. He will wipe away my tears. My sickness will be gone. He will take away all of my disgrace. My shame he will take. And he will change it into his glorious appearance. Hallelujah. Our hope will be fulfilled. Our wait will be over. Our pain will be forgotten. Our faith will be justified. Our love will be vindicated. Our toils and troubles will be over our tears will be wiped. Hallelujah. I want to close with what Peter would say about the day of the Lord. You know, because Peter gave a spin to the day of the Lord in Acts chapter 2. In in Joel 2, the words of prophecy that Peter took, took from Joel. Peter is the one who took that prophecy out of Joel and said, this day God has fulfilled what he promised maybe 400 or 800 years ago through the words of Joel. He says, and in the last day, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In other words, in the book of Joel, you read like this. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. And afterwards, but Joel takes a, uh, Peter takes the prophecy of Joel and says, in the last days, in other words, Peter is reminding us that the day of the Lord has been inaugurated in the coming of the Holy Spirit. In the coming of the Holy Spirit. What is God doing? What is God doing? It is a day of the promise being fulfilled. It is a day that God's power has been demonstrated in raising Jesus from the dead. It is a day when God's plan of redemption has been inaugurated in the birth of Jesus Christ, church, the body. And you and I get to be part of the body of Jesus Christ. In other words, Peter is saying, this day of the Lord, God has already inaugurated in the coming of the Holy Spirit in the birth of the church. And Peter adds on by saying that this promise is for you and for your children and for those who are far off. In other words, Peter takes the prophecy, takes it away from the nationalistic understanding of just the Jewish people, and he says, everyone who is far off, including you and me, people from all tribes and tongues will come together. African Americans... People from the east and the west, people from India and Asia and Hallelujah, Australia and New Zealand, people from US, people from all parts of the world will come together because this is the day of the Lord that has been inaugurated in the coming of the Holy Spirit. Church, the question remains: am I celebrating that inauguration? And am I, am I part of that inauguration? Am I part of the body of Christ? Because there is no plan B for Jesus. There's only plan A. And that plan A is his body, the church, which he inaugurated on that day. And one day there will be a culmination to it. Shall we stand to our feet one moment, church? When you think about the day of the Lord, what comes to your mind? When you think about the day of the Lord, what comes to your mind? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, we can see so many things. But one thing is true. The day of the Lord has already been inaugurated in the coming of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. God did not make a mistake, church. God did not make a mistake. 400 years or 500 years, 800 years, but his prophecy came to fulfillment. What Joel didn't see at that point, God brought it to fruition. God brought it it to fulfillment on the day of Pentecost. And today you and I are here to celebrate the day of the Lord as a day where he has inaugurated, he has demonstrated his power in raising Jesus from the dead. He has fulfilled his promise kept for ages whereby Gentiles would also come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and the church of Jesus Christ. And the church of Jesus Christ was born on that day when the spirit lit the fire. This morning, church, may the day of the Lord be a warning to us. May the day of the Lord be a wake-up call for us. May the day of the Lord be a warmth for us. Shall we worship the Lord this morning, church?
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.